Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joe's Weather World, your only weather podcast dedicated to Kansas City. Excellent. We are rocking and rolling. Hi, everyone. I'm meteorologist Joe Loria from Fox 4. Welcome to the second edition of Joe's Weather World, where we talk about all things weather, whether it be here in Kansas City, other parts of the country. There's a lot to talk about in other parts of the country, needless to say. It's been a fascinating month in November. If you didn't get a chance to Listen to the October recap that I did. I uh, invite you to do so. We were talking quite a bit about Hurricane Michael and some of the crazy weather we had here in Kansas City during the month of October. And there were some other things that we kind of talked about as well, including the winter forecast and stuff like that, or to give you some indications about the winter forecast. So here it is. We're recording this towards the end of November, right before Thanksgiving. And sure enough, we've gotten more snow. As a matter of fact, northern Missouri just had a couple of inches of snow over the past weekend during the weekend of the 17th and 18th. And I tell you what, this has been kind of an interesting last few weeks for the month of November here in Kansas City. At least through the third weekend of November, we are on pace right now to have our second coldest November in Kansas City weather history. I mean, it's been phenomenally on the chilly side. It's been kind of almost like what happened back in April. You remember how cold that month of April was. It was running close to eight degrees below average for the month of April. Now, at least so far in November, we're close to 11 degrees below average. We'll try to make it up a little bit here heading towards Thanksgiving. But tell you what, this has been just kind of a weird up and down year. January was a little bit below average. February was below average. March was a little bit below average. April was ridiculous. Then we flipped the switch. May was ridiculously warm for just as cold as April was. May was even warmer. June was warm. And then July and August, we kind of floundered around, maybe kind of on the mildish side. September was warm. October was cool. And here it is November, and what the heck is going on? We continue to get these um, batches of cold air coming down from the Arctic region and from Canada as well. And I'll tell you what, if this continues into the winter, and I think it will, I, I think we're going to have a colder-than-average winter here in this part of the country. Uh, this is going to be something that we'll probably be remembering, I think, in terms of at least the colder weather so far that's here in kansas city at least so and we're not alone you know there have been uh, quite a few places in the middle part of the country that have seen temperatures well below average for this time of year as a matter of fact through this particular weekend the coldest air relative to average and i put this in the weather blog uh, the one that was dated on saturday november 17th i put a map up there and it shows you that essentially the coldest air relative to average all right for the whole entire country 
was right on top of Missouri. In other words, Missouri was the epicenter of cold, cold weather compared to average. So we're kind of getting a little messed up in terms of, uh, you know, our normal fall weather around here. Now, we had great fall leaf colors this year, that's for sure. Uh, it was just spectacular out there, but now those leaves are gone, and here we are. It kind of feels like winter. It looks like winter out there, and tell you what, like I said, this is going to be kind of an interesting next several months, I think, in this part of the country. I kind of did a little research, and I mentioned earlier that this is the, at least through the 18th at least, the second coldest November in Kansas City weather history. Well, the last time it was colder was back in 1976, and I know we have a lot of snow lovers who are wondering, well, does all this cold weather eventually equate into snow? And at least when it was colder back in 1976, during the month of November, we had 16 inches of snow. That is a little bit below average, believe it or not. The average for this uh, part of the country now is around 19 inches, 18, 19 inches. So even when you have these really cold Novembers, like what we saw uh, back in 1976, you don't necessarily, don't necessarily get more snow than average. And, you know, I tell you what, like I said, I, I think we're kind of setting up for a snowier than, than typical winter in this part of the country. I think we're finally going to kind of catch up just a little bit. Uh, my feeling as far as the winter goes is that we're going to see somewhere between 20 and 25 inches of snow. That's my general feeling. And, you know, when we look back at uh, these cold November starts and like I mentioned, we've had some really cold ones. Uh, most of the winters, not all of them, most of them tend to bias to the snowy side. Maybe 1976 was an exception. But, um, you know, for example, some of these other winters that were in the top or, yeah, these winter snows that were in the, you know, real cold November categories. I mean, there is some 38 inches coming up. There are some 40 inches coming up. I mean, it's pretty darn impressive. So, you know, that's just kind of maybe another indicator that we may have ourselves a colder and snowier winter this part of the country and uh, for a lot of snow lovers you know they, they've been wanting to have something like this for a few years we've now gone through three straight winters with less than 10 inches of snow that's never happened before uh, if we do it again this year and at least through the 18th we've already had two so uh, uh, surely we could get eight more inches here over the next uh, four or five months um, but like I said, I think we're going to get at least some more snow in this part of the country. Other big weather stories nationwide include some of these snows that have been happening back east, some of the snows that have been happening in the Rockies. Uh, they're opening, or they have opened, the ski resorts in some of the mountains of Colorado uh, prematurely compared to other years. So that's, that's good, good for them. Uh, and then the other big, probably nationwide story, it's, it's weather-related, it's climate-related, it's, um, it's the fires that uh, we continue to have some big issues with out in California. The campfire in particular, this is the one that's been affecting Northern California. At one point uh, a few days ago, the air quality in Northern California was the worst air quality in the world. 
all right? And that's because of all the smoke that's been in the air, just kind of hanging in the air, blowing from the fires to the coastal area, and then eventually moving offshore. And those fires continue to burn. The campfire in particular, uh, as of last report, and hopefully they're going to get a little leg up on this because they've got some rain coming before Thanksgiving and some mountain snow. But that campfire is close to 151,000 acres. Now, it was 60% contained at last report, and hopefully, like I mentioned, it'll get a little bit better as we head towards Thanksgiving with some much-needed rain heading their way. Uh, but it still is seemingly growing on the eastern side of that fire. Anyway, when we talk about these huge fires burning through these huge amounts of acres. It's sometimes kind of tough to wrap our heads around how big 151,000 acres is. And, you know, just for kind of comparison, it's close to about 234 square miles. Now, that's, that's big, okay? The city of Kansas City, I think, is something like 350 square miles so it's not quite as big as the entire city of kansas city uh but to kind of put it in a little bit more perspective for you it's bigger than kck it's bigger than overland park it's bigger than leewood it's bigger than blue springs as a matter of fact if you combined all four of those cities kck overland park lee summit or leewood rather and Blue Springs, all of that combined, that's about as big as this particular fire is. And it's just been a tragic, tragic scenario out there. Death toll right now, just shy of 100, close to 1,000, if not more, people are missing. Folks there uh, just really did not have a chance. And uh, it's been just really sad to see some of the pictures. We're hearing some of the heroic stories from some of the fire crews out there, some of the citizens out there who are rescuing others, uh, literally just with clothes on their back. And that's all they were able to do because the fire was spreading at some points at close to 50 miles an hour. Now, you might be wondering, well, why do these fires actually form out there? And one of the leading reasons why is you need to have dry weather. And they've had plenty of dry weather out in California. It's been very dry there for the last couple of years. You may remember a few years ago, they had all that terrible flooding, right? Remember, the dams were overtopping, and it was just a hot mess. They were having landslides, mudslides. I mean, it was just too much rain. And so what happens is when you get into these very dry cycles, and they've been very dry since those rains occurred, and then you get these very wet cycles like they went through a couple of years ago, these very wet patterns that lead to a ton of rain. You get a lot of growth. Things still grow. You get all that rain and all of a sudden the vegetation takes off again and then it dries out to crispy levels because of the dry, warm air. And they've had very warm temperatures out there as well for the last couple of years. So that exacerbates the problem a little bit. So what happens is you get this new growth, you have the old growth, you have the old growth that is uh, kind of riddled with diseases and, and tree death from um, pests like bugs and stuff like that. And you have all this energy, all this fuel ready to go up. And then when you get the typical winds and they get these very strong winds in those mountains and in those uh, canyons, and the mountains and the canyons tend to amplify the wind. 
Uh, so what happens is something something triggers it. Something triggers the fire. Usually what triggers the fire, it's not necessarily caused by arsonists or anything like that. It's typically caused by power lines coming down. Those power lines come down, they spark a fire, and then the fire quickly gets out of control in a matter of minutes, if not hours. And often it's in very rural, very out-of-the-way places. They know it's happening. They try to get out through that rugged territory, but by the time they get you know, equipment and manpower, et cetera, et cetera, out to those areas, it's too late. The fire has just taken off, and it's just next to impossible to try to fight when you have 50 or 60 mile an hour winds blowing that fire all over the place. So it's really been a tragic scenario that has uh, developed out across that part of the country. As a matter of fact, it's gotten so bad out there and and the power companies, for example, uh, PG&E, the, the main power supplier out there, uh, they are actually liable for their power lines. If their power line causes a fire, they are actually liable in, in many instances to for reparations. And so they're, they're a little freaked out over there as far as this goes. I read something the other day that they have a war chest of $1.7 billion that is going to get tapped uh, when the lawsuits come, you know, start coming, and they'll be coming sooner rather than later. And so they're going to burn through that, obviously, very, very quickly. It's gotten to the point now where sometimes, you know, especially in these last about two years or so, they'll actually start turning power off uh, when they're expecting these higher wind conditions to move through uh, parts of California. They turn the power off this way. If the power lines do come down, they don't create the sparks that start fires. Now, you might imagine that creates hardship in and of itself. People lose power for uh, perhaps multiple hours of the day, perhaps multiple days of the week. It's tough to run a business, etc. in that type of situation, and it happens a lot uh, in terms of those strong winds that blow through parts of Northern California. So folks out there really kind of dealing with this, and this has been very expected um, in terms of, you know, it's not a matter of how to manage a forest. It's not a matter of uh, clear cutting and, and allowing the timber industries to wipe away all the trees and stuff like that. A lot of these fires have been actually in areas where there isn't much of a forest to begin with. Uh, there's a lot of scrub brush out there. It's just mountainous, hilly, canyony territory, and that's very, very difficult to try to fight. There is no doubt about that. And uh, folks out there now, sadly, are paying a, a price. And what's happened in that uh, town of Paradise has been uh, particularly brutal for that part of the country. So that's just, you know, an idea of what's going on out across the western portion of the country. We are hopeful that as we head towards Thanksgiving week, that some of the rain amounts out there could be somewhere in the neighborhood of perhaps a half an inch to maybe an inch and a half. I mean, that would be phenomenal. Maybe some places could get three or four inches, particularly where that campfire area is located. So they may get some bona fide relief uh, as we head into Thanksgiving, as we start to see a little bit of a Pacific storm system give them the rains that they've been waiting on and waiting on and waiting on in that part of the country. I'm reminded today that for as, as miserable 
as our weather is here in the middle part of the country, you know, with the cold and the snow, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm reminded today that Barrow, Alaska, and they changed their name. I guess they went to a, more of an Eskimo name, and I can't even pronounce it, so I'll just call it Barrow. Um, at 3.40 on Sunday, November 18th, okay, the sun set. Now you're saying, well, the sun always sets, right? Well, the thing is, up there, the sun will not rise again until January 22nd. 65 days up in the far northern reaches of Alaska that they will not, will not see the sunshine again. So just as bad as our weather has been, and we've had a lot of clouds, we've had snow, we've had cold, we've had uh, some bizarre, strange weather for November, uh, it could be a heck of a lot worse when you consider that we won't see any sun up in Barrow, Alaska for another 65 days up there. All right, so it could be a heck of a lot worse. I don't know how I would deal with something like that. It's, it's tough to imagine. Some folks do, but uh, that, that is not for me at all. So that's kind of an idea of what's been going on in, um, in the plains with the cold weather. The snow situation can, continues to be uh, fascinating to see and develop. As I mentioned, my winter forecast is something in the neighborhood of about uh, 20 to 25 inches. I know Mike's winter forecast is low. I think he's saying about 13 inches. And I'm not sure what Carly and Michelle are doing with their particular winter forecast, but I think they're more on the higher side than the lower side. So at least here in the Fox 4, three out of four meteorologists think we're going to actually have a little bit more of a winter around this part of the country and that's something we have not really said over the last few years last year i remember i think i predicted 16 inches of snow i was predicting less snow than average and we had even about half of that we only had about seven or eight inches or something silly like that and again that's been the case for the last several winters we have to go back oh my goodness i think it was back in 2014 that was the last time we actually had above average amounts of snow in this part of the country, in Kansas City in particular. Actually, not even that. It was 2013 and 14 that we had 26 inches of snow. The winter of 2014 and 15, we had about 14 inches of snow. Then we went into the nasty no snow years. Winter of 15 and 16, six inches of snow. Thought that was bad. The winter of 16 and 17, five inches of snow. And then last year, we had a whopping 7.7 inches of snow. So essentially what I'm predicting here, let's see, 6, 5, that's 11. Let's just say 8, that's 19. So I'm predicting more snow this winter than what we've seen for the last three winters combined. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. I'm not, I don't pretend to be an expert when it comes to this, I've had some colossal failures. I've had a few successes, but I've had some pretty colossal failures uh, trying to predict how much snow one particular place, KCI, is going to get. As you might imagine, sometimes the night before a snowstorm hits, it's tough to predict what KCI will officially get. Well, now we're trying to do that roughly four months of snow time ahead of time. And that's, that's, uh, that's something else right there. Other parts of the country have already had some big snows. Northeast, New York, they've already had a pretty good snow up there. Uh, New England, they've had some snow. Uh, some ice has already reared its ugly head. We hate ice, and that's what the Tennessee Valley and the parts of the Ohio Valley have dealt with 
during the month of November. So it's been an active month. There might be another storm towards the end of the month that we need to watch after Thanksgiving. So we'll see how that kind of shapes up where it goes and stuff like that. But it's something that we're going to be tracking all Thanksgiving week. Uh, when we do our weathercast here at Fox 4. All right, so that's about it for you for this particular podcast. The next podcast, we actually may have a guest. I'm thinking about uh, even have uh, having maybe Carly or Mike on. They have two different things that they're going to be talking about. Uh, so we might have a guest on for the next podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, my friends, stay safe when the snow is about to hit. Use some common sense out there. Those roads can be very, very treacherous. Treacherous. And thank you so much for uh, listening to Joe's Weather World. It's been fun, as it usually is. Just my way of telling you some weather information that you could find in several areas. One would be on my Twitter feed, Fox4WX on Twitter. The other area, the real area to kind of get in-depth about this stuff, is to listen or actually check out the Fox 4 weather blog at fox4kc.com slash Joe's blog. Those blogs are updated almost every day, especially when we have active weather heading our way. When the weather is kind of quiet, I might take a day off or two from the blog. Uh, But when the weather is going, we get a lot of interest in the weather blog. And it's typically one of the highest rated things on our website when we have active weather coming into Kansas City. So I urge you to check it out, fox4kc.com slash Joe's weather blog. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Joe's Weather World. Have yourself a great rest of the day. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.